What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Justin Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, the Nature Boy Joe, and Cuz, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards, sharing opinions with you. Can someone feed me today's topic? Awesome is his name. (laughs) Cuz has been waiting for this for a while. Oh, yeah. The goat. Trendsetter. It's so good that the Miz made it part of his theme song, right? Mm-hmm. Mike, awesome. See, trendsetter. I don't think it's a trendsetter. I think it's a what happened too. Yeah, but you can argue that point. all you want. Um, yeah. Off the air, thought that was done. No, no. All right. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you do us a solid and give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 oh. or on Facebook at Our Wrestling podcast because what do you have to say um i think you actually brought this up and someone actually said it was a good idea um what say you yeah i brought up mike awesome i, I was on a mike awesome kick randomly i don't know if one of his videos just randomly popped up. And like, I no it's not and i suggest we need to do an episode and just said hey not a bad idea and i didn't think we were actually gonna do it the following weekend we did and i disagree with the uh the title but you know i think he should be a trendsetter yeah. or ahead of his time i know i should have used his real look name look at a lot of, look, look a lot of the big men now i mean <laughs> You know, look at the Brian like, Cage. I know, I know, but I don't. Yeah, I should use his real name instead of Mike Awesome. You're right. I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly. What I mean, yeah. If, if if it's gonna be what happened to you, then better not. Mr. Alfonso, I should have called him. Everything we're about to read on this Mike Awesome uh, episode, whatever you want to call it, it's gonna prove why he should have been a trendsetter or ahead of his time. I don't think anyone's really against you per se. But whatever motivates you to put forth good quality product is fine. Well, I mean, such, such, a, such a fighter. Such a fighter. Whatever motivates you. All right, let's just jump right in. Michael Lee Alfonso uh, was born on January 25th, 1965. Uh, passed away February 17, 2007. <laughs> was an American professional wrestler. In case you guys didn't know what this podcast was about, he was a wrestler. He was best known for his appearance on the American professional wrestling promotions, Extreme Championship Wrestling, World Championship Wrestling, and the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment under the ring name Mike Awesome. And for his appearances in Japan, with Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling and All Japan Pro Wrestling as the Gladiator. So stupid. You know right, Jess? You said all the best wrestlers go to Japan. They, did, well, Yeah, he fucking lived true. there forever. Yeah, Mike Austin proves it. That's what they say. <coughs> Alfonso was the cousin of Hulk Hogan's nephew, Michael Bolea, who oh, was better brother. known for his stint in WCW under the name Horace Hogan. You can't escape me, brother. Not even with an ECW icon like Mike Awesome, dude. <laughs> I told you Hogan, 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 brother. Never with brother. Brother, 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 brother. <clears throat> All right, uh, Mr. Awesome made his pro wrestling debut in Japan for FMW in September of 1990. In early 93, Gladiator formed the first villainous faction in FMW called Team Canada with Ricky Fuji, Big Titan, Harris Boulder, Dr. Luther, and Dr. Hannibal. He had two doctrines in this faction. That's pretty smart. Yeah, actually, that's a lot. Like eight years of medical school right there. He was actually wrestling. So if anybody got hurt in the ring, you're in good hands. College for seven years. Fine. So he he actually was wrestling in. uh, (laughs) He he was wrestling in FCW for a little bit and it wasn't paying him shit. So he was uh, working a part time job. And then uh, what happened was I forgot who it was, um, but someone had like a team of wrestlers that were going to go to Japan and and one of them pulled out. And whoever it was that was sending him over there, they're like, hey, you want to go? And he's like, oh, sure, I'll go. And then that's why, actually, he went over to FMW. So he was actually already wrestling out here in the States after he, and then uh, he, went he was to going Japan. to college. That's he cool. left. Yeah, so – and he was doing – I believe he was doing a construction job, too, while he was – because it wasn't paying enough 
uh, when he was, was it Steve Kern or something? He was trained by Steve Kern or someone. Well, yeah. no, but yeah, it wasn't who it wasn't who trained him. It was who he was wrestling for smaller promotions out here, and he, he literally was like the champion of not FCW, some other promotion out here, and he wasn't getting paid at all, like for being the champion. And then he was like, "Well, I got to get a job while I'm doing you know wrestling part time or on the weekends." And then yeah, there was a team of wrestlers that were going to Japan. I think it was from one of the promotions he was wrestling in, and then they you know one of the guys had to pull out, so they're like, "Hey, you want to go?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll go." And that's where he fell in love with Japanese wrestling, and you know that's where he preferred to be. Because he Check had no interest. Big brain we'd probably go through it. He had no interest in the ECW. knowledge. Way to go, buddy. Because yeah, he fucking I'm not brutalized sure where people. We go from and here. they loved it. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm a little. They love big American. Uh, they loved big American That's wrestlers, especially Vader, yeah. like Stan Hansen. Japanese, yeah. Dan Spivey. The like, Japanese all those fans, guys like made Mike Awesome Vader. was Vader, you know, like on that level to, to the Japanese. literally crowd. giants. I mean, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's what? Big old. Three hundred yeah. pounds. Yeah. They they That's they love big said. old white men out there more than people do love out here. So, <laughs> anyways, keep going. Any any who rambling about? Uh, I'll sneak it in. I'll sneak them in. Cut little it. jabs in there. You were doing. I, so I was going to well, say like you he just so he well. wowed all of us with like this amazing knowledge. Yeah, and then, he, like, and then he's like, well, I got to fuck oh, this wow. up now. Here we go. And he's like, no. controversial statement. No, yeah, what are you talking about? Like Eric Bischoff says. Controversies. <laughs> in October, Gladiator joined the new wing alliance with Mr. Pogo and numerous others. You can't make this up. The group's mostly consisted of wrestlers from the former wing promotion. Before leaving that promotion, Gladiator would become the longest reigning FMW independent heavyweight champion, which was 291 days, and the longest reigning FMW brass knuckles heavyweight Two-time champion, time brass knuckles which champion. was 489 days. He also wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling as the Gladiator from 1998 to 1999. Did that mean you legit got to use brass knuckles? uh, No, that was like their. uh, That was like their. uh, I guess you could say their television title. If you want to, if you want to put it on status wise, Um, I was gonna say just because uh, um, I I noticed what matches you covered. Uh, go back and watch on from FMW. Go and watch a, a lot of matches, but there's one that I just recently watched. Masato Tana, or sorry, uh, Mike Awesome versus Hayabusa. You got to get through. Oh the first yes, minutes, the yes. Slot. It's like ten minutes of of Hayabusa. It wasn't that kind of like the feud because like when FMW was going through that like the owner change, Hayabusa kind of so, became like the new face of the promotion after the original yeah. creator left, and then Mike Awesome was was feuding with Hayabusa a lot well, so, as like the. So what it was was Onita, he and another like martial artist guy made it, a uh, karate martial artist. Uh-huh. Um, and and they were having matches. And yeah, that guy left after a while. And because he he was like, oh, FMW is not going to be shit. It's not going to succeed. After they started having the death matches, funny enough, because out here, you know, we always talk about like, oh, that, you know, the 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 hardcore death match, that's yeah. not going to make money. It's it's the mainstream stuff. In Japan, FMW, what made them turn a profit finally was when they were having the death matches. Yeah. So like they had like but a yeah. piranhas in a pool match or something. Piranhas, <laughs> the the exploding rings, the the barbed yeah, exploding barbed yeah, wire the matches. Exploded. Wow. That's when they actually and... started turning a profit, and they were fucking filling up like forty thousand fucking seat arenas. Yeah. Shit with, yeah. For all this shit. Wow. Fucking Terry was Funk crazy. was like, oh, I'm gonna pack Terry my suitcase. <laughs> Easter Terry Funk was like, my horse is sick, but I gotta go to Japan. Bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And by the way, I heard the one, I heard the two, and I heard the three tonight. Although my shoulders were off the ground when that three hit, buddy. But I guarantee you one thing, Hayabusa. At the end of this series, when I have you one-on-one, single for single, I'm going to beat your goddamn brains in. And that's all there is to it. I'm sick of your shit and you're going to die. 
yeah. yeah. And by the way, Dave, I just want you to know, uh, yeah. you you don't even know it right now, but I spared your life because there were so many Japanese <laughs> names that I edited out of this whole thing. And I there was he one was giggling thing, the whole time. I'm I swear to there. God, oh, there was like no. two sentences full of just like Japanese name, comma, another oh. Japanese name, comma. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get him so good. And then I just <laughs> it. Ganasuke, yeah. Goto, uh, Matsunuga. You spared me. I watched a 25-minute Kenta Kobashi and Mike Awesome. And Kenta Kobashi is just as big as Mike Awesome and huge. And he took Awesome Bomb off the top and kicked out of it. And it was just and it was also then featuring Amazing. like a young uh, Minero Suzuki, like mur- early murder grandpa that he came <laughs> in. the channel. It was fantastic. Yeah, Suzuki. They just beat the shit out of each other. It was that's, it was just amazing. Yeah. And there there is a great channel. Um, I'll, we'll, maybe we'll post it in the description um, that it, it's someone that just covers like he does like episodes of FMW, like little doc, mini documentaries. But he also posts like full matches of FMW. I'll, I'll, we might have to post that in here because. It's definitely not even just for Mike Awesome. Just go back and watch a lot of that stuff. Like, it, it, there's a lot of good stuff, stuff there. there. We could probably put good that in full video in here, right? Or at least some clips, like 10 second clips, maybe five, because WWE yeah. doesn't own it, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. even know. I don't even know if anyone does own it. Maybe yeah. New Japan owns it or All Japan. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, you we'll, just we'll, gave we'll me a. You just gave me the okay <laughs> to go fucking nuts. <laughs> I'm posting whole matches. The episode's five hours long. Like in between, matches. like a sentence of ours, like each sentence. <laughs> like this was a great match. After every <laughs> sentence. <laughs> yeah. He made his pro wrestling debut in Japan. Whole match, and then after that, welcome we to Frontier Martial Wrestling Reboot. The longest I'm your host, episode Craig. in the history of OWP. It's be like a ten-hour episode. Because <laughs> oh, what no. do we have today on the card? Uh, <laughs> oh, let's move. Forward. Let's get into the ECW days. Mike Awesome will begin wrestling for ECW in 1993 while primarily staying in Japan in FMW. He would wrestle on and off for the promotion until becoming permanent in 1999. On February 5th of 94, at ECW's event, the night the line was crossed. It was crossed. I always thought that was a weird ass pay per view name. Go on, sorry, I didn't mean to stop. <laughs> yeah, it, it really worse. is. It's, it strikes me. Awesome nearly injured a wrestler, JT Smith. When Early nineties forbidden high- door is basically what it was. There you go. <laughs> performed a high risk dive to the outside of the ring. Smith's back was completely folded against the guardrail okay. during the like, impact. It's a, I think I saw that on Pornhub too. Uh, his back <laughs> pinned. Right. Line was crossed. <laughs> the line, the night the line was crossed, forbidden doors from. I thought, I thought you were talking about the, the move that Mike Awesome put on JT Smith, but. Um. Where's Mike Awesome going? Mike Awesome just landed on JT Smith, sandwiching him on the on the guardrail. That's pretty Ooh, bad. Good. However, the spot appeared in many ECW highlight reels, including the intro to a variety of their television programs for years to come. According to ECW announcer Joey Styles, his own reaction to the spot inspired his. What was that? Oh, but good. Was it the oh my god? Oh, my, was it the, oh my god. Yeah, it was nah, the yeah, oh it was, my god. It was the oh my god. <laughs> and also, it's worth noting, too, uh, the reason why Mike Awesome even went to ECW while because he loved wrestling in Japan and he was getting paid good money. It actually took Sabu because ECW guys were kind of going over there and Sabu actually convinced Mike Awesome. He's like, hey, there's this promotion called ECW. You know, you should come check it out. He's like, yeah, I don't really want to. But he finally, you know, twisted his arm and convinced him to come over. So that's why he even came over in the first place to wrestle there. I like the way, like you said, that it was like an articulate conversation. I can't imagine knowing their characters. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, in my mind, it went like, you know, they're going to do so Alfonso. He's like, oh, oh Sabu. Are you sure you want to go? Uh, I don't know. Mike. 
Paul will talk to you. Okay. Well, I can have a discussion yeah, with you in private, please. Yeah, yeah, it was all Sabu. articulate and nice. Hello, Michael. This is Sabu. How are you, sir? Good. Hey, I was talking to Paul E. Dangerously. Also, Paul Heyman. Yeah. <laughs> we have a great promotion called Extreme Championship of the Wrestling here in the United States. One moment. I have to break a table. And I, might as well okay. say it to, I might as well say it to you. I might as well oh, say it to you. Oh, it didn't break. Because me. I don't see it here in the, in the notes. But uh, a- after that and after actually ECW going over there and having some shows with FMW, that's when Paul Heyman was like, oh, we got to get this guy over here. He, you know, I like his work. <laughs> oh, get him over here. Michael, well, he has a higher pitch voice back over here. Hey, I'm like awesome. Come on over here. Get him over here and give him a bad check. What about Craig? Craig, where's your Paul Heyman? Come on, fucking Gilbert Godfrey. Dave, don't jump ahead in the notes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I can't wait to get I cannot wait to get him over here and bounce his paycheck. Yeah, this will be bounce great. Paycheck. <laughs> if I can get another He's a nice later, guy. He's I not going to do anything to me. Many times, if you allow oh, me to. Oh god! You know okay. what's awesome? Working for oh. free. Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's awesome? Working for television exposure. Yeah. <laughs> We're terrible people. All right. It's September 1999. We're not. Heyman's so much more By winning the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, apparently for free, at Anarchy Rules by defeating the reigning <laughs> champion Taz and nemesis Masato Tanaka in a three-way dance. Yeah, the picture that's right. The picture that's right behind you, Dave, was taken after that match where he's not happy (laughs) about not getting paid. Where he won the championship, because he just came to him. He's like, "So what's my bonus as champion?" He was like, "Nothing, sir. Pose for the camera." And then like, (laughs) he's like, "We are waiting for our Spike Television (laughs) deal just to wrap." (laughs) I'm telling you, as soon as that happens, there's no way we will fail. (laughs) What? Here are some piggly wiggly coupons that you can use today. You know, you know. Have you noticed that your Heyman uh, routine gets Gilbert into Godfrey. a little bit of Piper as always? That, that too. No, fuck you. Fuck all of you. <laughs> Gilbert Gilbert. I think it's Gilbert. No, I, I quite, I quite Heyman, enjoy it. Actually. Piper's Piper. That's R.I.P. Gilbert. That's. I'm gonna take off. <laughs> and all of it though is a derivative of Bruce Pritchard's impersonation. Yeah. 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 No. Excuse uh, me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Awesome continued to be a major factor in ECW in early 2000, including teaming with Raven to beat Tanaka and Tommy Dreamer for the ECW World Championships. (laughs) You know, Tommy Raven, this is Raven. Wings, watch me fly. (laughs) Raven Iago. Uh, all they're Polly all the same. Polly starts to turn into. Uh, and now let's go to an interview uh, with the, Taz. Uh, Hello, my name is Taz. Kind sir. I'm Taz. Beat I'm me a if you can. Fighter. Survive if I let you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's go over to RVD. Hello, so, I like yeah. marijuana, sir. Right, yeah. man, <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, all right. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Craig. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Let's jump into the WCW stuff. On April 10th of All 2000, right. Awesome made a surprise appearance on WCW Monday Nitro, <laughs> aiding the new blood by attacking Austin Kevin Nash. Says, I'm I'm Kevin Nash. Your ass. We're terrible. 
Holy. That's, that is Mike Awesome. He's the, he's the heavyweight champion of ECW. The Clip. last time we saw him, he had that belt. What's he doing here? Doesn't he have some kind of title defense? He's got a lot of nerves just walking on this program. Mike Awesome, the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, just wiped out Kevin Nash. <laughs> While reigning as ECW World Heavyweight Champion, Awesome's friend Lance Storm has said that he had refused to sign a new contract with ECW until Paul Heyman paid yeah. him his overdue wages. So I just keep getting that um, good fellas. Actually, oh, fire? this next fire? are two bullet points here. The, the next me. two bullet points you're about to read here too, it's fucking insane. Like, I don't. I think there's never going to be a crossover like this again. There's and not. a lot of it was accidental. A lot of it was out of necessity. So, a lot of it was just kind of insanity. That's that's the thing. Like the the first story was was just that awesome said, "Oh, WCW has a better deal for me. I'm going." And and possibly just a better deal, they, a much better deal. Oh well, yeah, you and, know, and possibly well, everything's better than free. By the right. way, but then but then the <laughs> other story also pay me? that's oh, yeah, a lot better than what I was doing. Oh. That that's the other part <laughs> of it right too. <laughs> you're gonna pay me. Was that he didn't get paid, so that's why he did what he did. And even Lance Storm, because a lot of the guys, when when he came back for that match with Taz, and uh, mm-hmm. you know for the title, uh, a lot of people were pissed at him. And even Lance Storm said it's unjustified because he was owed so much money, and he actually had to wait outside of the building. And the only person I guess he could trust was Rhino, so that was the only guy he actually had in contact. He was in contact with, but Just Incredible himself even said, "Dude, he was owed fifty thousand dollars." But then there's another report saying that. Apparently, it may, it may have been kayfabe. Bischoff may have reached out to Paul Heyman and said, "Hey, since you owe him X amount of dollars, we'll buy the contract. We'll 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 pay what I you think, owe him." Because I think that's you guys, yeah. I think yeah. that is what happened. I think that I think so too. Yeah, I think that. And then they there's made a kayfabe like, "Oh, he's got he he brought the ECW." Yeah, title there's been a here. lot of different speculations on it. There's been there's been the first one was just that he was ECW champion, and he's like, "What's Paul going to do to me? I'm going to appear on WCW television." So he appeared on WCW television, attacked Nash, and the people are like, "Holy shit! Like he's ECW champion." I want to say Bischoff has touched on it. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have to go back and hear his podcast. And he on said it. it was it was an agreement. Paul Heyman pretty much told yeah. him, "I'm going to deny it, kicking and screaming." However, I can't stop him. So then Bischoff's like, you're right, you can't. Okay, he's coming. And so that's just what they under... It was sort of a... Paul Heyman didn't agree to it, but he did. And then afterwards, yeah. that's when Bischoff went back and said, what do you want to do, man? Well, well how do you yeah, want to get your Ricky But also wasn't title? under contract is what I understood. Like, he was... like he No, was he wasn't. Of, he was out of contract. He went over... Yeah, he was out of contract. Like, no, 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 we have a contract. And the WCW guys had kind of freaked out a little because they had just settled the all the WWF lawsuits that they were going through or whatever. And so they kind of backed off. Yeah. Um, but... Um, but that he wasn't it's, under contract at all. And I think on top of that, I think Bischoff was going to be like, and what are you going to do if we do? So, like, so honestly, the thing is, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't and I think I, if, if you can't pay him, you can't, you can't it, file a lawsuit. If it was an agreement, too. if it was an agreement between WCW and, and Heyman and Awesome, none of the guys, it sounds, it sounds like none of the ECW locker room knew. And that's and why I think, I think Heyman wanted it him. that way. I truly yeah, exactly. Heyman, yeah. Well, in, in well, just like when the whole time, not to go off on a side note, but just the whole time when WWF was actually paying money to ECW for all those years, Heyman made sure that people didn't really know it. So he talked shit on WWF all the time. And then, you know, Jerry Lawler would appear on an ECW pay-per-view. I'm like, so you're not in bed with him? He's like, no, Jerry no. Lawler really just appeared here. And I can't, I don't understand it. Like, it's like, no, it's, <laughs> he lives down the street. You're fucking getting paid. And then Jim yeah. Ross, like on his podcast and stuff too, will solely say nowadays, he's like, oh no, like we paid him. 
a certain amount of money a month to purge his talent. That was like the agreement to Paul Heyman. So Paul Heyman knew when the Dudley boys were leaving, when all these other people were leaving, like Heyman knew that. Totally makes sense. Uh, Just kind of perusing over, you guys kind of touched on most of this, but due to concerns over legal issues, WCW refrained from having Awesome appear on their television shows with the ECW belt, but eventually a compromise was reached there. Awesome, a WCW employee and ECW champion, appeared a few days later at an ECW event in Indianapolis, Indiana, accompanied by WCW's head of security, where he lost the title to Taz, a World Wrestling Federation employee, which we all talked about, who also lost it a week later to Tommy Dreamer, who was actually an ECW employee. Transitional Insanity. We're never going to see the fucking crossovers. Ridiculous. I remember when yeah, it's everybody strange. reported that house show happened. I was like, that's you're never going to have that again. You'll never All see three that. guys, ECW guys at heart. But Taz working for WWF wins the title right like that night. And sure. then uh, Tommy Dreamer, who ended up winning it off of him to get it off him, was actual the only true blue ECW employee that didn't leave. And then Mike Awesome, who was wearing the championship, was actually under contract for WCW at the time. Like, it's so, fucking Someone insane. explain that to me. Why, would he not lose it to a, an ECW employee? Or is that just the way it kind of worked out that they decided to lose it to Taz, who was a WWF employee? Because or, Taz... So t- because because well I guess this kind of proves ultimately that ECW has always been in bed with WWF. So yeah. that's the way I think Vince said because remember they had that famous match on SmackDown where Triple H was the WWF champion taking on Taz who brought the ECW title to the ring with him. Yeah. So they actually had an ECW title defense on WWF television and then after that match which Triple H won of course. Um Taz went no and way. lost it in a house show like that's after. Weird. That. Yeah. Yep. DDT! DDT! Dreamer DDT's Mike Awesome! There it is! The Taz mission! The cut to Hajime! He tapped! He tapped! He tapped! Mike Awesome tapped! Mike Awesome tapped! Yes! We have a new ECW World Heavyweight Champion! So I think it was all it was for Vince to expose it on television and be like, look, yeah. we're cool. We can do this, too. And like it was just a whole. And, and by this time, I mean, WWF was firmly in control. So was Vince, Vince ever cool? To, Come on. Vince did it for shits and, and giggles. And Vince was given Heyman money too, right. Exactly. Like he was yeah, given money to, to Heyman. Yeah. So that, it was yeah. probably like, Come on, pal. You know, I gave you those hundreds of thousand uh, dollars. Come on. Oh, my. We'll do and, this. And maybe you, he and told him already, like, hey, if you guys fail next year, we're going to buy you out now. And look what happened. I'm going to buy you out because I'm Vince McMahon. No, <laughs> no you're reason, that Good sir, work. my name is Eric <laughs> Bischoff. <laughs> that's just everybody's voice now. <laughs> yep, that's it. After Batch of the Beach. But the, Joel, uh, his impression of himself is like, hey, my name is Paul Heyman. It's like, no, you don't like, you <laughs> yeah. like that. He's like, yeah, he's like, I don't. He's like, let me tell you something. How did Paul talk in the 80s? <laughs> well, you know, we got all these fans out here and... uh like Scott Hall. He talked like Scott Hall in the 80s. God. You can put your hand. I saw you put your hands on your hips, cuz when you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I got it every time. I watched yeah, you. Yeah, these do fans it. are all riled up out here. And uh, we're just having a good time tonight. out here on Poughkeepsie. Yeah. That's kind of how everybody did. Like, even like Rick Rude and Mike Well, because well, they got out of the match. Yeah, well, you know. Like, well, I got to tell you. Yeah. It was a, yeah. That was yeah. a tough match. That yeah, guy, that guy gave me everything he's got. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I prevailed today. That's After a, Batch of the Beach, dirty. dusted yeah. off the prevailed. After Batch of the Beach in July of 2000, his gimmick mm-hmm. was tweet him being awesome, with him becoming infatuated with heavyset women and calling himself the Fat Chick Thriller. Um, that lasted a long that. time. That gimmick went on for years. No, read yeah. on, Dave. 
Yeah. <laughs> on the September 6, 2000 I mean, if Queen can Thunder, have a song, uh, Fat Bottom Girls, then we can have a wrestler. It was literally changed a month forever, later. Right? Am I wrong? Right. <clears throat> yeah, it went, it, went, it went a year Different and a month, time. though. It only went a month. It was changed to that 70s guy, which was a reference to that TV series show, that 70s show. S- which he dressed in 70s attire. Um, that was, I'm sorry, 70s expired attire and hosted the Lava, the lava Lamp Lounge. You can't make oh, this man. stuff up. So, um, so WC you missed a little, WC you're missing a, a, a nice little chunk chunk there. He tag team, <laughs> he won you, the tag team titles with uh, Disco Inferno. There you go. Uh, so, you know, you know, when Vince Russo came to WCW and there's that whole like issue like with Hogan and why stuff. Why do you kind of bring Bro, that up? Yeah. No, because, because it's actually important why, what happened here. So, so. Because there was like heat on Hogan backstage, Awesome actually would always go hang out with Hogan to make sure nothing was going to happen to him. So Thanks, Vince, Ru- that basically put Awesome in Vince Russo's you know Thanks, sights brother. and like, oh well, now you're you're with Hogan. So so he pulled him aside and he's like, you're going to be that '70s guy. So ba- that's it's basically because he decided to you know get Hogan's back, brother. Thanks, Awesome, brother. You know I'm no, not going to do I, anything I, for your I, career I really after this, my brother. The the Fridays brother. where we don't talk about Russo, so just you know. Well, I mean, it's important bro. to know why he was given these bro. gimmicks because Russo just Swerve, had it bro. out for him. Bro. But Swerve, bro. I'm trying to get to Hogan, but Awesome won't let me, bro. I guess I'm bro. defeated. Yeah, Awesome, you're going to be I'm that 70s a new guy, bro. bro. You want to defend Hogan? You're not going to see that piece of shit, Dave, <laughs> but, here again. But that was the thing that, that, piece that they of said shit, about Awesome. Bro, fat chick thriller. That's right. Awesome, awesome was a pro that That's he probably complain. how he said yeah. it, too. They think that you, you don't you, like fat chicks, but you love They think because you're chicks. in great shape and you're Hogan's nephew twice removed that you don't like fat chicks. Well, you're side side fat you want to defend that, that piece of shit, Terry, bro? Fuck you're going to like fat chicks forever, that 70s bro. Guy. By the way, back to the 70s gimmick. You're not that 70s show. You're awesome that 70s guy. Fuck Ashton Kutcher. He was also given a bus that resembled one featured on the Partridge family <laughs> to drive into arenas as a part of his entrance. I thought um, that was a great game. Actually, he he put his effort into everything that was did. asked of him. And he went from a, well, a hardcore legend that fought yeah. every legend in Japan and did uh, insane crazy gimmicks and did what was asked of him and so like i i, I remember that, this that's what i was fondly, that's segment. what i was trying to get to so like vince ruzzo was giving them the shit gimmicks but they said mike awesome was such a pro that he didn't complain he just whatever gimmick they gave well, him he like, was right. getting paid the most he'd ever gotten his entire yeah. life and he no, didn't have to exactly. murder himself like, you want to go there and wear a diaper and a ball yeah, do it, do it. Do i think i will they lay everything out for him like you're come out you're the cirque du soleil baby you're wearing a diaper you're gonna you're just gonna flip you're gonna roll down the ramp all right you're gonna roll down the ramp maybe you take a shit in the ring i don't know we actually see a third gimmick in less than six months uh on the january 3rd uh, 2001 edition of thunder awesome dropped that 70s gimmick in favor of a canadian career killer gimmick and joined wcw's team canada stable with lance storm and elix skipper right um so how how are you a canadian career killer but you're joining a canadian stable how does that work no, because when he first came, he was the no, career because, guy. What? And then and then he joined basically like Team Canada again. So I like the Team Canada Canadian. thing. I love Lance Storm here. I did too, yeah. Uh, Lance Storm is you, there's another underrated. One, one of the few it. bright spots on WCW's dying years. Wait, is that what he's been hanging off the cage? Or is that, or is that career killer? Like that's like a 12 minute episode, though. No, Candy got thrown off the cage by Mike Awesome, wasn't it? You're right. Yeah, Mike Awesome threw him off the cage. That was that was career killer. Yeah, Mike Awesome. Yeah, Mike Awesome threw off the cage. What was it? Slamboree? 
2000? Whenever they had that fucking Hell in a Cell. Yeah, the, the, to mimic yeah, the Triple yeah, Tower of Doom thing. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I think it was Slamboree 2000, I think. Wow. So it's just I'm, Canadian. I'm ready to hit on the notes here, by the way. All right. Let's get to the WWF. This is fun. After the March 2001 purchase of WCW by World Wrestling Federation, Awesome became part of the Invasion style in the WWF. Awesome was released from WWE on September 27, 2002, along with Sean Stasiak and Horace Hogan. Awesome was quoted as saying, being in the WWE sucked. I hated it. Yep. You had to kiss everybody's ass. You had to be on yeah. your political toes all the time. You yeah. would not believe the backstage politics. You were getting stabbed in the back constantly. I was so happy when I was told that I was gone. You was that. You was that. I came to play. It's a corporation now even more than it was back then. It's yeah. always been that way in WWF. Always been that yeah. way. I like he just wanted to go out and fight and wrestle. Yeah, he Good just wanted him. to go and fucking awesome bomb people. Awesome. Just go get paid, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot he about, uh, <laughs> if he wasn't having fun, you forgot, awesome bombing you forgot about his time just... in TCW as Mike Amazing, <laughs> Mike with, amazing. Uh, with Joey Mike Fashion amazing. on commentary. Oh my lord! Oh, oh, you, oh my goodness! goodness. That's got to be a difficult transition to go from when we're like ECW. It's like basically no rules. Go everything, whatever goes. you want. You want to throw people through a table? Call your yeah. Call as long as they're cool with it. And even if they're the not, table, chairs, ladders, whatever. You do whatever you want. Then yeah, go to you WWF would. You would argue like, Mike well, Austin did, did not fit gotta, at all. Uh, you got to work within this structure, and it's he like some notable all, matches all the against... stuff that made him awesome. All the stuff. Didn't he win the hardcore title? Because cool, got stripped yeah. away. When he you know, did, he's like, he's like, you mean I, I have to have like a normal big guy match? Hey, hey Joe. Yeah, as I'm saying, imagine, imagine being Mike Awesome, and someone comes to you and saying, "Yeah, you can't go on the top rope anymore." And, wait a minute. What the hell's that? Yeah. Mike Awesome's Mike yeah. Awesome's a WCW guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what happened when when he debuted in WF. You have to wrestle like Big Show. Rhino and Tess were having a hardcore championship match. Rhino pinned Tess backstage, and then Mike Austin came out of nowhere with a lead pipe and powerbombed him on the table. Powerbombed Rhino, Fantastic. and then he won. He was the first of the uh, the invasion of all the to WCW win, uh, guys to win a And to win I guess belt. Vince just wanted him to be known as Mike. Hey, I'm Mike. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Yes. But, but just for the first, like, six <laughs> months, and they were going to change his name. To I, I swear, I hear things like that because Vince is like, Let, let's see, him, I'm a, let's see if he can get his like, Mike, Mike kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going awesome. to give him absolutely nothing. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike's all right. Mike. Let's jump into the later career here. From 2002 to 2006, Awesome competed in the independent circuit in the United States and Japan, where he returned to all Japan pro wrestling as the gladiator. Once again, he makes his return. He would also wrestle for TNA, MLW, and pro wrestling Noah. Is pro wrestling Noah a real thing? Look at that. Yeah. During this time, Awesome made an appearance at WWE's ECW One Night Stand reunion and pay-per-view on June 13, 2005, defeating Masato Tanaka. I am, I know that that probably wasn't their best match overall because there was a lot of good elements in all of their That's matches. still a good match. But however, I think it's that in 2005, best. all those years later, 
They yeah. just took the best parts of all their matches and they fucking threw them at you they at the CCW show. And even though there's there's so many good uh, matches on that card, um, yes, that's one of the to this day that's still probably one of the best complete pay per views I've ever seen. Um, this yeah. match, I think that for me, this match almost stole the show because I was like, my god, like they just fucking it. Oh, go back, god. I can't even describe so, it. Like it. Th- this is why, like this is why I keep saying either ahead of his time or trendsetter. This match, it got the fans a chant. This match rules. But of mm-hmm. course, what did everyone chant now? This match is awesome, or this is awesome, or whatever. But that started the first chant of you know anything similar to that because of what awesome in Tanaka pulled off. They said this match rules. This match rules. That was that's where that that was born, and that stemmed into this is awesome now all the time. And they there's no one ever chanted that, that. had you before, can't go find that. like the like Cus was saying earlier too. They were thrown in there at, in like triangle matches with Taz, for example, and yeah. it was those two and Taz. But even all their previous singles matches. All had different yes. elements. There was one match that they had oh, yeah. where they primarily fought on the outside of the ring, and it was insanity. Like it was just backdropping into the legit crowd. People were sitting in chairs, going, "Oh, like it's just getting their throat." It's awesome. I think like, that's every, uh, Heat Wave '98, yeah. I believe. Which then is there was another match where they just fucking went back and forth, chopping the shit out of each other, punching the shit out of each other, like throwing each other over the top rope onto things. Like they had like different themes in all of their matches. I liked the ECW One Night Stand was like a perfect like molding great. Like, all of their matches like together they've ever done like it was fucking awesome and what sucks is uh he didn't get apparently he's and uh, well I mean, at least according to him was he didn't get paid enough for that one and that's kind of why he was like well i'm out of here i mean i'm out literally one night what are you talking yeah. about yeah mm-hmm. Sometimes on a one-night stand, because you don't even get a kiss if you catch my drift. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I think they could, you know, I don't know what he got paid. We don't know yeah, the I'm numbers. I'm sensing a pattern of a dude bitching Swift about his kicking the ass, maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm sensing a pattern that was legitimate. That, that was one of yeah, the catalysts say, for they, him. Definitely in ECW years, I'm pretty sure it was pretty legit. That's, yeah. that's what he's, yeah. well, of course. Yeah, but that, but he said after that was like, that was his reasoning to get out of real, uh, wrestling. And he became a real estate agent for Cold Coldwell, uh, you know, Coldwell uh, Bank. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. In Florida. Like when he sold a house, like he probably put the owner like through a table, like in front of the house to christen it. It'd be awesome. Sure. Would have been awesome. Do you think, Sign do you think that he used his, his, his wrestling name while, while selling real estate? No. I mean, he should have. You know, like, awesome. Like, like why not? house is actually awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I would totally see that on a, on a bus seat. Hell yeah, man. You could, you could argue that Vince well, owned it at that point. I my wrestlers awesome. are perfect for Alfonso. that, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, real estate agent. It's all DRE number one. Color banker. Still, still rocking that mullet. <laughs> yeah. No, he he had the short hair already. Because even in this match on uh, when I stand, he well, had then the short he probably hair. wasn't yeah. very successful in Florida. You have yep. to have a mullet. <laughs> yeah, you have <laughs> to. It's a rule. So back to the Tanaka match. The crowd greeted Awesome with jeers at the beginning, and then commentator Joy Styles made frequent references to Awesome's leaving of ECW for WCW during the match. Styles infamously said it's a shame he didn't succeed in oh, taking his own you life. You put the dismatch rules there. That's which actually crazy. foreshadowed Awesome's unexpected real-life death 20 months later. Um, and as Cuz had already alluded to, yep, the crowd was actually that. chanting this match rules and gave both men a standing ovation. On February 17, 2007, a group of Alfonso's friends found him dead after he'd hung himself inside his Tampa home. He yep. was 42 years old god so, fucking only 42 Jesus. there's a there's a lot missing in between that right there too because even i think it was lance storm or someone said you know he was a great family man you know always a always a good guy you know really chill and for whatever reason him and his wife got in a little argument and she told him that she was leaving him and he you know that 
made him mad. Just so he kind of grabbed her. He pushed her up against the wall, and she called the cops. That put him in in jail, and she called him and said, I hate you, and I'm taking the kids, and we're leaving. And then when he got released, he came back to an empty apartment, and everyone gone, and that's what prompted him to. Jesus. Yeah, so pretty fucked up, actually. But, I mean, I you know. I don't know. Do us a favor and hit us up on social yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. I, well, I think it's important to, to, to state I think we that in there. End on and, the high note, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going well, yeah. to get into the matches. No, yeah. Let's, 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 I mean, I want Guess we found out what happened. Whoa. Spoiler. Um, well, because they never, like, no one ever talked to him. They just said, oh, he's found dead in what? his hotel or his uh, apartment. That's crazy. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty fucked up. I mean, but if you get into the, some of the matches that are memorable, you gotta watch these. Any of his matches with uh, we just talked about it, Masato Tanaka. Is, any, I don't care. Any, just do yourself. Yeah, just, just yeah, go find them. Find yeah, them. just go any watch of all his, his first matches. four years in Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah. God yeah. damn. Versus Taz and ECW on uh, August fourth of two thousand. Is it two thousand? Just sorry. Yeah, sorry. So, no, it's the year two hundred. It was really early. The year two hundred is a long time ago. <laughs> um, versus Bam Bam Bigley. You can't go wrong with Bam Bam. WCW Starcade of two thousand. And then check out versus Tanaka versus Taz at ECW Anarchy Rules with a Z was, in case you're really searching. Yes, that was a lot of fun. That match. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. And Cuz named a bunch of other. There's like really you can't go wrong. In no, the you can't. Just go oh. look for a Mike Austin awesome match, of, like, and you're gonna have tag a good time. team matches in FMW. There's him yeah. and Masato Tanaka in FMW. Him and Hayabusa. There's matches like with Ter- not against Terry Funk, but like tag team matches with Terry yeah. Funk, Cactus Jack. The Hayabusa matches you got to Yeah, those Konosuke, are great too. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff, man. That's, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a small it's a small little chunk of wrestling history that nobody really delves into because of how he was in and out of the big stuff for for just a short amount of time. But in these these smaller circuits or overseas, which were really really popular, Mike Awesome was the man. I mean, but he had no, like that's why like I, that's why I keep saying I bring up the trendsetter ahead of his time because. Like a lot of the guys, like you see Brian Cage, like doing all these like off the top rope stuff. Like like Vader and Bam Bam, they inspired like the big guys to do moonsaults off the top rope. Not saying that's not you know that's a that's an impressive feat, but Awesome was the guy that was inspiring these big guys to run and do springboards off the top out into the crowd, doing you know springboard moonsaults and all that. Not that Awesome did yeah. that, but you know he inspired all these big guys to do this stuff. He was inspired by Damian Six 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 when he was in Japan. And he's like, oh, I like that luchador style. I'm gonna start doing that, dude. Like he had no business doing all the I mean, stuff he was doing. Yeah, he was insane. Seeing, Brody seeing, Lee's doing suicide dives. You know, you're when seeing Brody like two sixty, two seventy pound guys doing like um, sentons over the top rope in WWE, which would never have been allowed in the Mike Austin days. Mike Austin was doing that and more. Like he, could that's do what I'm that saying. Like a hundred times over. You got to say he's ahead of his time or trendsetter or something, man. Because I think it's yeah. it's you know I think it's I mean it's definitely deserved. He definitely blended styles. I mean he. Oh uh, yeah. He was a, uh, I mean, obviously like a guy six eight, three hundred pounds. I mean, an Undertaker size guy. I mean, you see Undertaker do a suicide uh, dive yeah. every so often or whatever. But um, his Sorry. like him doing like power bombs off the top row yeah. and uh, and jumping. I think we were talking about a pre uh, pre recording, but you know he throws Tanaka into the into the second row, moves the the uh, yeah the, bar- the barricade back. That's something RVD would do. to the top rope and jumps from the top rope to the second row yes. of the audience. And I was like, holy shit. And he did that more than once, by the way. Yeah. Tanaka backwards over the ropes, crashing into the timekeeper's table. Tanaka tried to get out of the way, just wasn't fast enough. Yeah, yeah. And it I mean, might even so be safe to say. To be on the, the one match that it, I saw, but like, I mean, pretty, inc- pretty incredible. 
it might be safe to say that because it it might be safe to say that Undertaker was even inspired by him because Undertaker didn't start doing that until like you know he Undertaker awesome did that, that dive reviewed. notably first to me like yes. that dive so over the that's top what I'm saying man like, holy shit I think Awesome is definitely a a trendsetter or ahead of his time because you know now nowadays it's normal to see big that's why I like these stuff. sub ones I mean I guess I could have just done legacies on everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would make sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we could do a legacy on whoever, you know, but I wanted to, like, do the subdivisions because, like, there's a lot of these guys like Mike Awesome that you don't get to talk about. You don't get to uh, understand, like, you know, like, well, man, yeah, this he guy gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. You know, yeah, that like, like I he was never really like a big, big deal on either like, of the big you know, two during the 90s, which was WCW and WWF. But ECW, he left a big mark in really a short amount of time. I mean, I know he was yes. wrestling for ECW from like 94 on, but it was just like one match shots, you know, every now and then. It, when He was only really permanently in ECW from like 99 to 2000 for a year. And he was world champion and he did all these great, did all this great stuff. Like he, before that was all FMW and wing and all that stuff. And you just sure. saw so much stuff from him. And, and you're like, man, like you, these Too guys good, have man. to go over there. I say it all the time. I don't care if it's the hardcore version of Japan or new Japan pro wrestling to go over there and learn that style and learn how to be free. Some people are able to adapt to the WCW and WWF style. Some people aren't. And it doesn't mean any good or bad about them. It's just his personality was like, nah, I'm not going to do politics. I'm not going to do that shit. Like, I just want to go and wrestle and put on a good and I think show. I think he stayed in WCW so long because he was like, well, I don't get to do the kind of wrestling that I want, but my shit's cashing. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, uh, and I'm, it's, making, I'm making six figures. So what am I going to say? No. Like, Taking so care I, of my family. He was, also, you know. he was also one of those guys that like, I mean, he was, uh, he was extremely talented in the ring. I think, mm-hmm. you know, like he was, raw. he was, he was raw, you know, I mean, watching his matches, like somebody, if somebody had taken him kind of a little bit more under his wing and kind of like, like polished him a little bit, he could have been, he could have been, he could have like gone really further. big. Like he, could, I think he could have yeah. been really big. He was fearless. I mean, yeah, he big guys. He doing put himself kind of on the I mean, line. Absolutely. 100% fearless. I mean, his, his, his one drawback, and this is a lot of drawback of a lot of guys that, uh, that are super talented that don't end up making it is that they're little, they don't have the, they don't have the mic skills. Yeah. That's, they don't yeah. have the, uh, they don't have the personality skills. I mean, you know, you, you like Benoit and, you know, a few other guys kind of lucked out in that, in, in, in that arena. But, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I kind of felt like he fell into that category of kind of getting just a little bit like he couldn't find his, he couldn't find his voice. And, and to that point, Joe, footing. like it would have been a man, like if he did buy on or sell on to the WWF style yeah. and and someone on that, like if he did say, OK, I will listen, I will politic a little bit and I will listen to producer and I will actually refine my style and listen instead of doing what I want. He strikes me as a guy that probably didn't listen when he even had to, like maybe in yeah. WCW, yeah. For like because sure. Benoit eventually did. Guerrero eventually did. And look what their careers just exploded yeah. even in I WWF mean, when you actually do listen to some of the producers and do the WWF I way. Mean, like, you, you take, you know, if he had like, if he had had like a, I don't know, we've, you know, like a DDT, a DDP whispering in his ear, just, yeah. just go with it. Just, just see what happens. Because yeah. in terms of talent, he blows most of these big guys out of the water. I mean, oh, like yeah. watching yeah. him, like you're looking at like Luger and Nash and Hall and all these guys. He's better. He's better. He's, than oh, yeah, he's way more talented. Than he's leagues guys. ahead. He doesn't have the persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where he yeah. needed help, you know, and that's where he needed maybe to maybe accept, accept some help, you know, that because um, really like, I mean, you're taking like the, the talent of, you know, I mean, I'm he, I'm he, I'm he, imagine you know, he's doing if... moves like he's doing moves like Benoit, but he, but he's big and strong, like Roadware Hawk. 
Imagine yeah, if Heyman was able to follow him but in just, the WWF, just like he did with Brock Lesnar, be able yeah. to, to move. That's, him. Exactly. Yeah, that, I mean, like that's the thing. Brock Lesnar is a perfect example. Like Mike Awesome could have been Brock Lesnar if it's possible he had maybe accepted a little bit of guidance. had a mouthpiece, or if yeah, just Heyman, Heyman's checks would have cashed. If yeah, right, because like, you're not yeah, going to trust yeah, Heyman you know, at that like, point. Uh, six one half dozen yeah. of another, you know? and that's yeah. that's a thing. In Brock WWE, didn't have to he said he saw the writing on the wall. He said Paul Heyman was there. Paul was Paul was and all that stuff. Paul to pay Paul. So you know what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah that sure guy Mike Austin. Yeah, that really. Yeah, that actually told the story for a lot of people. It's like Paul I me. Mean, it's like I promise you, everything's gonna be fine. And the next week, we'd like to introduce our new announcer on Raw, Paul Heyman. And everyone's like, "Well, fuck, like we're done." <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's no, 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 no. That seems like a good spot for audio fans. Give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. Or watch our videos on All YouTube right, and our wrestling channel. <laughs> on social media, can you do Cousin Solid? And give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWB2019 or at Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. Cuz needs to sell some homes, so help him out. Uh, this is Dave, <laughs> Jess, Craig, Cuz, Joe with the OWB <laughs> signing off. Have a good Ooh. one.